0: Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown.
1: Thanks for joining the Colorado Business Roundtable podcast, Profits and Purpose. And I'm really excited today to welcome Franny Matthews to the podcast, Welcome Franny. Debbie, thank you for having me. Frannie is the CEO and President of Colorado Technology Association, and I'm excited to hear a little bit more about your journey, how you started in tech, ended up running Colorado Technology Association, and then we're going to talk a little bit about not only your plans post-COVID world for the companies that you represent, but I also want to dive into your 2020 Lifetime Achievement Award through the Denver Business Journal, which is so exciting. So congrats on that, first of all.
0: Thank you so much. I know so many fabulous women in business in Colorado. Uh, When they called me, I was pretty taken back. So thank you.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. It's a good, um, you know, you always think, oh, no, does that mean I'm done with my career? You know, if it's a lifetime achievement award, but you've done so much. Tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you end up where you are today? Kind of give us a sense of, you know, where you came from and what kind of first jobs you have that led to this today?
0: Well, I'd like to say it was a master plan when I was 14 years old, but it just didn't happen that way. I grew up in Orlando and uh, went to school at University of Florida. I've always had a proclivity to math and science. And uh, when I graduated with a marketing degree, I really didn't quite know what I wanted to do and wound up working in hotels on the front desk and gravitated toward technology to help in, you know, us being more efficient. And as it turned out, that flipped me into technology where my first job was selling POS systems, which is a fancy name for cash registers at the time.
1: (laughs) POS sounds really good though.
0: It does. It it does. And um, you know, some of my my first customer was Racine's restaurant here in Denver and I liked it a lot and I was selling and I also had to do some programming. And that was back in the day when we were using hex. It was unbelievable. So I knew I had loved it. I knew I had the proclivity for it and I really like solving business problems. And that's where my journey began. I wound up Uh, at NCR for a number of years, selling mainframes back when NCR was selling mainframes and wound up getting into the telecommunications industry and felt that I didn't know enough about what I needed to. I got a master's in telecommunications management and um, I wound up at IBM through an acquisition and stayed there for 18 years uh, in various capacities, primarily leading uh,
1: sales teams in the West. So even for sales, you have to understand the technology, right? The technology and how it impacts your customer. Otherwise, you you wouldn't be able to be successful in that sales environment.
0: You bet. I I call it. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you're you're wearing funny shoes and you got a red nose. You, if you do not know what you're talking about, you will be ushered out very quickly. So it's a it's an opportunity to be a translator for. Uh, you know, the technology that you understand and how it's going to affect business. And without that, there really is no commerce.
1: Mm -hmm. And I've done some work, Franny, in the oil and gas sector, for example, and found there were a lot of priorities about recruiting women into STEM fields, recruiting women into areas, perhaps in technology and math and science. What was it like for you, you know, your whole career in tech? Did you find it was an interesting place for a young woman to be as you kind of grew your career? Or, you know, how have you seen it change in that regard?
0: Well, I I've always found it to be a great spot for women. And um, it it is disheartening to me when I see women dropping out of tech. And a lot of that has to do with sometimes it's not very hospitable. I'm used to being the only woman in the room often, and it becomes part of your your DNA which is not right because we're so much stronger with uh, diverse ideas and a diverse workforce. So I think tech is getting better, but I think we have to be intentional to find out why women are not going into the fields and, and how we can, you know, do something about that. Women are great problem solvers. Humans are great problem solvers, but women tend to solve problems a little bit differently. And so approaching it a little bit differently, like memorization, rote memorization. I have a daughter who's a data scientist. We hardly could get her through her multiplication tables. But you get her a word problem, holy Toledo, she's on it and she solved it in a most creative way that I can imagine.
1: Hmm. Well, well said. And like you said, when especially when you have diverse groups together, you know, that adds even more power to solving problems, collaboration, differing points of view. You know, I think about in particular right now when we're having this disruption of everything that we thought business would be in 2020 and beyond. It's a great time for outside the box thinkers, probably especially in tech. Oh, it's amazing.
0: And yeah. I guess I'm a silver lining kind of person because I do see a tremendous amount of innovation coming out of this. Uh, and even in the most difficult industries, um, my husband and I have a favorite restaurant that, you know, I would probably go every night, but I do need to cook some. And when this hit, we would do a once a week, uh, you know, uh, takeout and, one day, we couldn't do it because they didn't have any more capacity. They had managed to move their business model to take advantage of how people were
1: dining and uh, and blew it away. Well, and you're going to tell me which restaurant it is? Or are you worried that I'll take capacity away no, from your It's Aki. It's a, a sushi restaurant on South Broadway. Oh, good. And good it, tip. I, to my knowledge, they didn't reopen their dining room. They're doing strictly cake out. Wow. We've obviously seen a lot of changes. And um, tell me how you ended up, speaking of change, tell me how you ended up going from working in technology. It sounds like your last uh, job was with IBM. How did you end up at Colorado Technology Association? And then I want to hear more about what CTA does, what what that looks like day to day.
0: Okay. Uh, About... Oh, five years ago, I became involved with Colorado Technology Association. I was the senior location executive for IBM and was on the board of Colorado Technology Association. So I had a sense of of what wonderful things the organization was doing for the community. I was at a point in my career where I was ready to make a change. And um, uh, at the time, the CEO had resigned and I got a note as a board member, and I thought, wow, I could do that. That'd be very interesting. I have really been interested in how quickly the world is changing as a result of tech. And, you know, there's a lot of great things, but there's also a lot of disruption. And I think that us really working together as a business community to understand what tech can provide, I think us having a very strong tech centric economy in Colorado is incredibly important for the future. And it and feels so- like it's growing. Isn't it still growing? it, it Leaps and bounds. You'll see a lot of examples of in national magazines of Colorado and specifically Denver moving up uh, as a tech centric economy. Uh, I am a, a believer that this is the future of prosperity and we need to be thoughtful about it, but we're in a in a situation where we've got all these emerging technologies that, when they're working together, it's causing dramatic change and progress on what we're capable of doing. I will say that that's probably the most exciting part of my job. We at Colorado Technology Association are here to make sure that you know tech thrives in Colorado. We work in several different areas. We work with uh, other economic development organizations to uh, bring in uh, tech-centric companies. We um, work in policy to make sure that the tech voice is heard. We're not lobbyists, uh, We, um, but we want to make sure that it's a hospitable environment for business. Uh, we also bring the community together, which is critically important. We just talked about the importance of diversity of thoughts. Then it's important for us to be sharing ideas. And, you know, if you're isolated in this dramatic time of change, it's kind of dangerous for your business. So that's a big, important element. And then the other thing that we work on is talent. Talent is really important. It's a gating factor for most metropolitan areas as it relates to tech. We are not producing enough talent to take all the jobs. And even in this tough it time in our history, uh, there are jobs that are going unfilled uh, because we don't have the talent. So we're working in that. We're working not only in the short term, but in the longer term, with attracting more talent in. So, uh, we have a 501c3 that uh, works on bringing in uh, underrepresented groups of people to let them know what's available in tech.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's why we've worked together, Colorado Business Roundtable and CTA, in a lot of capacities, because we certainly know. Um, when we have a really thriving Colorado economy or a thriving national economy, it lifts every sector of business. And tech is pervasive in almost every type of business, Uh, whether they even see themselves as a tech company or not, just met with some bioscience folks. And, you know, the tech component within that industry, uh, we're heavy in aerospace. Of course, that's a huge tech industry, really. And so I appreciate what you do to help keep our workforce needs in check and be in a shining light to that as well as the economic issues that we all face. So very, very cool. And, and I'm surprised too at how many members that you have. It's, it's You have a growing association. You represent a lot of different interests. Tell us a little bit more about what your membership consists of. What types of tech companies would we find there?
0: It's, um, you know, we um, attract people that are digitally centric. So it may be from the banking industry, it may be from the telecommunications industry. I mean, we really have, as you said, tech is ubiquitous, so we have a pretty broad base. Uh, We tend to have companies that are scale-up, so they've already started on their journey, and we also have very large companies. Uh, About 50% of our members are Colorado-based, and 50% may have a national or global footprint. What we have not spent a lot of time on is the very, very early startup. I keep thinking about how to approach that, uh, but we have not been a vehicle for uh, capital, and that's often the biggest, biggest need in that group. So we partner with other groups.
1: Would you say that's one of the biggest challenges for the industry right now is that access to capital in terms yeah. of startup or what What else would be the bigger challenges? Yeah, it's two things. It's it's access to capital and talent. You could make a case that
0: if you had the capital, the talent would come. So um, it's getting better. I think that we're seeing capital going more um distributed uh, across the United States. It's been kind of in particular areas like Silicon Valley and innovation is getting pretty expensive in some of those areas. So if you can find, you know, in other areas, there's some great opportunity to make money from innovation in Colorado. And we have been the start of tech stars and we have other great partners, uh, uh, Inosphere and Rocky's Venture Club, these are all great, you know, groups that are helping get capital for these startups.
1: Well, and it's interesting you mentioned talent because I saw a little bit of the work you do as a volunteer with junior achievement. You've done some mentoring in the community. If you had a sense of how you could wave your magic wand and solve some of the talent issues. I think there's probably, there's probably more than one ways, way to solve it, but do you have a thought in mind, Franny, on what you've seen on how to, how to attract Colorado talent or grow Colorado talent?
0: Yeah, I think one of them is, you know, it's access, right, to, and, and we have a lot of opportunity for access for gaining skills. Um, Emily Griffith is working with uh, Google to put together a program uh, that would take somebody that has no tech skills and get them employable in the industry. There's a myriad of ways to go. We've got um, great ways in our higher ed. Uh, There's a lot of different pathways. I think the big critical thing is that we need to expose people to what's available and then have them help themselves see a path to get in.
1: Mm-hmm. Not only making sure the business community does its part to provide opportunities, but then there is some uh, responsibility from the individual to take advantage of the opportunity as well.
0: That's exactly
1: right. It's, it's everybody. We need to think different.
0: We need to be thinking in a more long-term way, and I think I'm seeing a lot of companies starting to do that. I think
1: so, too. Not deferring the problem to maybe traditional education, but thinking in terms of what does private industry or the tech field need to do to grow talent. I think that's so important. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, Frady, I know we've talked since COVID-19 hit and really changed the landscape in so many ways. For Colorado, in terms of, of course, global health, you know, and, and Colorado health and safety of workers and customers. But also, it's changed the economic dynamics in Colorado. How are you doing with this sort of new normal on the economic front? How are you responding as Colorado Technology Association to help your members get through this really difficult period?
0: You know, first of all, from a programming perspective, we stood up a bunch of programming really quickly. Uh, using video conferencing on issues that our members were facing. Uh, And it was just very agile. We're we're continuing to do the programming that we were doing before. Uh, I think that it's really important to show leadership in making those moves of agility uh, and we've learned a ton. I know you have too, Debbie, on on how, how to go virtual and how to take advantage of the platform. We actually find that we've been doing CIO roundtables and we are getting great feedback on it because they don't have the overhead of having to go someplace and they know it's a curated conversation among their peers. And right now, everybody wants to hear about what other people are doing.
1: hmm And I would say, too, what a time for tech, you know, really to be a problem solver in this critical time. I know it's really shifted our role with Colorado Business Roundtable in terms of what we used to do. And now we're so involved with reshaping kind of the reopening and recovery efforts for Colorado and the country. So it's just shifted that. But I would say there's so much on the shoulders of you and your members to really solve problems in terms of uh, you know, new workforce strategies, how do you work from home, and all the technical aspects that have to be in place, distance learning, etc. It's probably a great time to be in tech in terms of the problem solving.
0: oh Wow, we, I mean, we just had a, a roundtable with some chief information security officers. And it was mind boggling the stuff that came up, like printing Organizations that weren't using electronic signature for stuff. It's those little things that will trip you up. And just sharing some of the problem solving in that conversation was helpful to a lot of people. So I'm excited about it. I also am really impressed with our IT leadership in Colorado because this has been hard, hard work. And I think as we reopen and people, we wind up in a hybrid Um, kind of environment is going to be tough. It'll be tougher because there's some things that are much easier when it's one way or the other. When it's
1: a conglomeration of things,
0: the uh, problem solving gets more complex.
1: That's true. And more fluid too. I think people can't hold on to the past probably and look to the future at the same time. It's going to be interesting to see how lots of things get played out in the new normal. Everything from higher ed to K through 12 to healthcare, you know, all have that interesting tech component.
0: Well, and it's up to us. We have, I've started to say, use the word and a lot more than or. I think we've been in a world where we want to say it's this way or that's that way. And I think that we need to say, we can have this and we can have that. How do we make it better? How do we think differently? How do we think
1: abundantly? Yeah, I love that. I feel like what's interesting, Frannie, and maybe you can relate to this, people I've talked to recently, you know, even in just the last couple of weeks, I think have kind of a renewed optimism about the future, not only of Colorado, but the country uh, across industry lines. And so I appreciate your optimism, especially as we look towards the future and hope to uh, recharge Colorado once again and provide opportunities that only business can do. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been really a pleasure chatting with you today. Are there any resources that we should direct our members to? We we could send them to the Colorado Technology Association website. Anything else as far as closing remarks, Franny?
0: I would say, well, first of all, Debbie, I want to thank you for the collaboration. It's one of the things that makes Colorado special, and I have so enjoyed being involved personally with Colorado Business Roundtable. You guys do great work, and I think when we work together, it just is terrific. And my closing remarks, go to coloradotechnology.org and look at the things that we're doing um, and and get engaged with us.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I want to just end, I, I think I started this because I was so excited about your Lifetime Achievement Award, but just so uh, proud to know you and what you've done, not only uh, as a as a really wonderful role model, I think, for women who are trying to strive and achieve in their careers, but a role model for for all of us and especially in an industry that's so important. So congrats on that. I wish there was an in-person celebration, but hopefully we can find a time to go celebrate that and all the achievements still to come. You're not retiring anytime soon. We still need
0: to. There's a a line from Monty Python in the Holy Grail, the older man says, but I'm not dead yet.
1: That was the one, it's only a flesh wound, right? I do recall that. That's, that's the first time we've talked about Monty Python on a Cobert podcast. Oh,
0: time. well, you know, there's more to come there. I know many of <laughs> those lines.
1: There is. Well, thanks so much again for joining us. Um, Franny Matthews, president and, and CEO of Colorado Technology Association. Thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers
0: Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John
1: Ekstrom in Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.